Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In 2018, Crazy Rich Asians made history. Aside from being the highest grossing romantic comedy in a decade, making $235 million worldwide within weeks of its release, the film featured an all-Asian cast, making it the first Hollywood production to do so in 25 years. Perhaps more mind-blowing is that star Constance Wu became the first Asian-American actress in 44 years to be nominated for a lead actress Golden Globe. And in 2021, Stephen Yoon became the first Asian-American actor to ever be nominated for a lead actor Oscar, part of a year of nominations with a diversity that's long overdue. But today, let's look at the pioneering work of Asian-American industry icon Anna Mae Wong. On January 22nd of 1922, audiences set eyes on Wong in her first starring role as Lotus Flower in the film The Toll of the Sea. The Los Angeles-born actress would go on to appear in more than 60 movies throughout her career and leave a lasting legacy as Hollywood's first Chinese-American film star. But a career on stage and screen, including a role in one of the very first Technicolor movies, didn't come easy for Wong, and it certainly didn't come without significant struggle and sacrifice that's shaped the entertainment industry and paved the way for more modern success stories. Born on January 3rd of 1905, Wong was the second of eight children. Her birth name is Wong Lusong, which translates to Frosted Yellow Willows. She later incorporated her English moniker, Anna May, into her stage name. Wang's grandfather had emigrated to the United States in the 1850s from Taishan, China, and her father married a fellow California-born descendant of Chinese immigrants. The couple opened a laundromat in L.A. and started a family. Wang initially attended California Street Public School, but transferred to the Chinese Mission School due to the racial prejudice and bullying that she and her siblings faced. In the 19-teens, the film industry began migrating from New York to California, and Wong became fascinated by the world of cinema. She skipped school to visit production sets and see movies, and in 1919, attended a casting call for a movie called The Red Lantern, and scored a part as an extra. Two years later, Wong dropped out of high school and began acting full-time. At 17, she landed her first starring role in The Toll of the Sea, a silent version of the film Madam Butterfly. Snagging the part was a major triumph, but it didn't prove to be the career kickstarter that Wong had hoped for. Due to the U.S.'s anti-miscegenation laws that prevented interracial marriage and even on-screen kissing between actors of different races, and given Hollywood's reluctance to cast Asian-American men in leading roles, Wong wasn't able to land any roles as a romantic lead. She left Hollywood for Europe in 1928. There, she was a huge success and starred in several notable stage productions and films, including Piccadilly in 1929. She used her newfound celebrity to advocate for several political and Chinese-American causes and for better film roles. But by the 1930s, Paramount Studios came calling and promised Wong leading roles if she returned to the U.S. The deal sounded sweet, but Wong was mostly relegated to playing roles that played on stereotypes of Asian people and cultures she accepted the work solely on the idea that she would be able to take on more robust roles in the future. In 1932, she appeared in Shanghai Express alongside her friend Marlene Dietrich, and decades later, she became the first Asian-American to lead a U.S. television show in the 1951 series The Gallery of Madame Lu Song. But she was sorely disappointed when she lost out to the German actress Louisa Reiner for the big role of Olan in the movie adaptation of Pearl S. Buck's The Good Earth. 
She'd planned to travel to China, but put off her trip in hopes to play Olan. The studio, however, pushed for Wong to play the part of Lotus, the cliché wicked concubine instead. Wong refused. She said in a 1933 interview for Film Weekly, I was so tired of the parts I had to play. There seems little for me in Hollywood, because rather than real Chinese, producers prefer Hungarians, Mexicans, American Indians for Chinese roles. Wong did eventually travel to China, where she was also criticized by Chinese people who said her films degraded Chinese women. Despite having studied Mandarin Chinese, Wong felt she was too American to perform in traditional Chinese theater. Ironic, given that in Hollywood, she was considered not American enough for most roles there. In 1960, she received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But in 1961, tragedy struck when the actress and trailblazer died of a heart attack at the young age of 56. She was posthumously recognized by the Asian American Arts Awards and the Asian Fashion Designers Group, which both have named annual awards in her honor. Today, Wong is still remembered as one of the most important Asian American leaders in the entertainment industry and beyond. Today's episode is based on the article, Chinese-American actress Anime Wong Fought Racism in Life and on Screen on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Michelle Konstantinovsky. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.